2: No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Encyclopedia of Dating, and I am here with the doctor.
1: Uh, yeah, I just had some butter chicken. Uh, it was fucking delicious. Um, I forget how good our native cuisine is. I don't know what the hell that has to do with anything, but I thought I would just mention that to the listener. The butter chicken is delicious, so...
2: Well, butter chicken is something I love, and we're going to talk about other things related to love. So there you go. That's my smooth segue into it, because today I want to talk about Valentine's Day.
1: I love language. is definitely food.
2: <laughs> I do love food. Okay, so today we're going to be talking about Valentine's Day, something that I haven't really paid a lot of attention to in the past, nor have I really dated anyone who celebrated it or did anything special for it, but... I think with this pandemic, I have become a lot more caring and affectionate towards everybody, not just necessarily romantic relationships. And this year, I celebrated Valentine's Day with two of my friends, and I got them these little chocolate hearts.
1: That's kinky, but go on.
2: Oh God, not like that. Um, I got them these little chocolate hearts, and I made them dinner, and then we played some really fun games afterwards, and it was just a really nice way to spend the day just with people I care about and people I get along with, and some people that I know were discussing how Valentine's Day is this fake holiday, and it's all about consumerism, and it's so commercial, and I remember thinking, isn't that every holiday? Like, why do people hate on Valentine's Day so much, but Easter is okay, and Halloween is okay, and Thanksgiving, which in my opinion, Thanksgiving and Christmas are way worse, How are you hating on a holiday that's just about love and caring about people? I
1: think it's because a lot of people are maybe struggling to find that love or feeling uh, made
0: to feel inadequate because they're not in a relationship or they're not as happy as they would like to be or they're in a relationship with a partner where there's
1: poor boundaries or or poor communication or other issues that haven't been addressed properly. I think it's hard to... um, you know, especially for our age group, when we're expected to have, you know, be married with children. I think a lot of people who aren't feel that, plus a lot of people who are in marriages, and marriage can be difficult. They're probably feeling resentful when they look around and see images and messages that they're supposed to be at this perfect state of harmony in a union, and they're not. Yeah, I and it, I'm... Uh, yeah, I, th- I think the hard part is just that there's there's expectations that, that are basically conveyed or were kind of a certain standards that we're supposed to adhere to or achieve when it comes to relationships. And I think Valentine's Day is just a very stark reminder of that. And I think that's what leads to people to resent the holiday. Um, Anytime you have expectations, you're just setting yourself up for resentment and suffering. So I think that's, I think that's probably what it is.
2: Yeah, I agree with you. I think there's a lot of resentment towards people, sorry, from people. And it's not so much about the holiday itself, but more so about how they're feeling. And to be honest, I was probably one of those people too. And this year, I just decided to do something about it, put a positive spin on it, and enjoy it for what it was. You know, we had a special dinner, we had dessert, like we just had fun with it. And it was really, really great. Was it the perfect romantic evening with a partner that some people make it out to be? No, but... That is such a narrow view of what love is. Love isn't just between you and your significant other. you know, you can celebrate Valentine's Day with family, with friends, with co-workers. like we can make a choice to make it a fun day. because I think if you are thinking about expectations, you can do that anytime. You know, what what is the ideal Christmas supposed to look like? What is the ideal Thanksgiving supposed to look like? But maybe if you change your outset, then you're likely to just have a little bit more fun with it. And during a pandemic, like, why not have some fun? Why not have a day to just enjoy things instead of just talking about how much you hate this holiday? Which I'm saying that because I heard a lot of that. And I saw a lot of it online, just people being so angry and miserable. And I just thought, you know what, I've done that in the past. And (laughs) where has that gotten me? Nowhere. So why not just have a nice day today?
1: It's gotten you drunk. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> uh, I, I, I agree. And that's also why I don't put a lot of stock into Valentine's Day or any holiday. I, I'm one of those firm believers that any day can be meaningful. And to have this arbitrary date where I need to be romantic or I need to be with, with my special someone while ignoring the other 364 days or 365 days during a leap year is asinine but Um,
2: who's saying it has to be one or the other like valentine's day doesn't mean that you're not allowed to be romantic other days
1: i think there's a lot of people who forget that you can be romantic any day of the week right
2: but what's wrong with having a day to celebrate it as well
1: i mean i think you should celebrate your love every day
2: right but that's like saying you could celebrate halloween every day why do you dress up on the 31st because it's fun
1: you could dress up any day of the week in fact, they have those people. They're called pimps. <laughs> um, yeah,
0: I mean, like I said, I just do whatever you want. I, I'm a firm believer, like that you should
1: do live your life however you want, and and not have these arbitrary days. And I get it. I think these days are good for people who often forget to appreciate things like their significant other, like like candy and dressing up, like the spirit of giving when it comes to Christmas and everything like that. But I really, like when I've been in relationships, like I- I'm, I'm gonna be doting on the 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 woman I'm with, regardless of the day.
2: Right, and um, I do that too. I'm really, really big on gift giving, but, but, but there's a
1: lot of who don't do who don't do that. But I
2: still like to celebrate Valentine's Day, and even if a guy does nothing and doesn't, you know, plan anything or get me anything, it's not about that. I usually like to do something really silly like silly cards, funny cards, or a really, really silly gift. Like, oh my God, for guys, they have hilarious things like themed songs and boxers and just something that's going to make us laugh. And even though I'm very regular with gift giving, I still like to do something on Valentine's Day. It doesn't have to be really one or the other. I think you can be a loving individual and you could still celebrate it in a small yet meaningful way.
1: That is true. You can do whatever you want as long as you are happy. I'm a firm believer in that.
2: Yeah, I just don't really see the point of hating on something like a holiday and being angry about it. I don't really see what that's accomplishing and, you know, calling it fake and discussing the commercial aspects of it. Because I just feel like Valentine's Day gets a lot more hate than all the other holidays.
1: Well, again, it just depends on who you talk to. I mean, I, did, I didn't even notice Valentine's Day came and went this year because it wasn't really in my sphere. It wasn't really anything that came up in discussion. So to me, I'm not noticing the hate and whatnot. Um, you might be because you are online, you're conversing with people, you're looking at people's posts. You also have to remember this in particular, this year is probably been a tough year for a lot of people. It's been a pandemic. Not everyone's financially stable or successful, uh, given the uncertainty with the economies in various countries. And on top of that, they might be going through hell when it comes to their relationship with their significant other, especially if they've been ignoring issues that they were kind of forced to confront due to being quarantined together. So I think this is kind of special circumstances for as to why people might be, be feeling a certain way. On the flip side, you know, a lot of people just resent the commercialization of any holiday. I, I think they, again, particularly people feel alone, they're going to look at Valentine's Day and really feel bad about themselves. So, of course, it is natural to project that onto the holiday in general.
2: But that's also a bit of a choice, right? <clears throat> like, I'm, you know, I spent Christmas and New Year's and the majority of my birthday by myself. You can choose to be miserable in that, or you can choose to be miserable perhaps in a moment or, or for some time and then recognize that there are still people who love you and who care about you and you know it's right, you're
1: it's talking it's, about perspective. And yeah perspective and
2: sometimes perspective has perfect. to be forced. It really does. It's when you think about love especially it's just because you don't have your ideal version of love right now doesn't mean you don't have love.
1: Yeah, that's gratitude, right? Um and perspective. And I think not everyone is good at that. And I think it's easy
0: to forget things like that. Especially if you don't practice it on a daily basis,
2: yeah,
1: it's very easy to get caught up in setbacks and struggles and barriers and obstacles rather than blessings and gratitude and being thankful. I think, you know, we have a holiday for that called Thanksgiving, right? <laughs> so, uh, uh, again, I, I, a lot of this stuff is just uh, a a, ma- a matter of are you willing to to work on being grateful are you willing to work on perspective are you willing to work on being hopeful and thankful mm. not everyone is even aware of it and those who are aware not everyone's willing to do the work towards it just depends i mean i would hope that people would take this time during the pandemic to reset and and recalibrate and and, and focus on the things that are actually important
2: and the people that are important to them especially in terms of friendships i've bonded very, very strongly with some people I used to be close to in the past. And on both ends, we've made considerable effort to talk more, to, you know, have video calls, Skype, Zoom, whatever it may be. And every once in a while, we send each other something. Now, again, like I'm not in a position to be sending extravagant gifts or anything, but one of my friends sent me the Five Love Languages book for my birthday because me and her had spoken about it so many times. And it's such a small gesture, but it brought me so much joy and it brought her so much joy to know that it was, I was just so excited about it. And you know, if I send somebody like a silly card or even as simple it's like as. Good
1: languages, one of them is receiving gifts, apparently.
2: Yeah, well, that's just a fact. <laughs> it's the thought behind it, but. One of the things that I try to do, especially with my friends who are not on Instagram, I have a couple really, really close friends who've made a choice to go off social media. But sometimes when I see a funny meme or a post, I'll just WhatsApp it to them. And they're always so happy that like, oh, this made you think of me or this reminded you of me. And it's the smallest thing, but it sparks joy in your day or it'll bring up a great story. The other day I sent my friend a photo because... It showed up on my Facebook, you know, the on this day so many years ago. And me and her three years ago, we spent Valentine's Day together. And I sent her a picture and she was like, oh, my God, when's this from? And I was like, this was three years ago. Me and you were both single. We decided to have this amazing day out. And she was just like, you know, we just reminisced a bit about like memories, about us going out because we haven't seen each other um, for the majority of this year. And that spark of joy in that five minute conversation it lasts for hours and it's such a small thing that you can do for both parties.
1: If, if the other party is receptive to it, right? Cause uh, again, someone who wasn't on the same wavelength, you sending them memes or photos of something you're reminiscing about to them, they may take it completely differently. Like, why are you sending me this stuff? Like it just depends, right?
2: Well, it, yeah. And you need to know your relationships and your friendships and, what type it is, but
1: I mean, and I think that that's actually brings back uh, as to why Valentine's Day can also be difficult for people. Is like, let's if you're in a relationship and you're not speaking the same love language as your partner, or you don't understand your partner's love language. I can see how the holiday could actually be more stress and difficult rather than something of, of joy and passion and yeah. love. Like if you're someone who's you know you're buying gifts for your partner but they want like quality time and physical touch and words of affirmation like you're you're not on the same wavelength right like i'm someone who doesn't really find gifts a big deal right like I, if you give me a gift i'm like okay that's nice not really a big deal like for me um quality time physical touch is so much more important um you know i've been with partners where you know words of affirmation were, were, were huge and acts of service meant nothing. Right? Like you could totally cater to the person. They could care less. Right? Yeah. Uh, It just depends. You kind of have to learn what's important. And, um, you know, I I think that that's one of the difficult things is a lot of people don't realize this is what the other person wants or needs and it's not communicated. And then the worst part is when it is communicated and then you're still incapable of providing it because you don't value it the same way that they do.
2: So. Well, from um, a completely I third... Had relationships like that. Like, I remember being in a relationship where, um, you know, the the girl I was with just did not... Because she could, couldn't appreciate
1: these things that I appreciated. She refused to uh, partake in them when it came to the relationship. And, you know, like, how are you supposed to... I, I understand you don't want to compromise yourself. But if you can't provide these things that the other person... That makes the other person feel loved. You're you're just setting the relationship up for for failure, and that's okay. Like if you acknowledge, like, look, this isn't going to work. It's another thing to completely just ignore it because you know this is not what I do, kind of thing. And I think that's that. That was uh, you know, I, I, again, I think that you can trace kind of bring that back around to the whole Valentine's Day thing. What if you're in a relationship with someone who you're like, you know, trying to spend time with them, and all they want to do is fuck, right? Like you might feel like really take it for granted where the other person might be like, this is how I express love and feel love. You know what I mean? Like it's, there's, there's, it's a really important thing to understand. Just this is how I feel affirmed. This is how I feel wanted, desired. This is how I feel loved. And again, you know, having been in relationships where this wasn't always properly elucidated or discussed, I think, I think that's important. I think that's a big thing for any holiday, you know, like, I mean, and you can extend this to like Christmas or, or Valentine's Day or, or anything where there's gifts or quality times involved. Um, and I think that's a big reason why people don't like holidays. I think another reason why people dislike holidays is that as kids, often some of our most traumatic experiences happen during time with family, which tends to be holidays, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I could see why these are triggers for people as they get older. Wow. and especially when you look at the virtualization of these things. I could see why this would be hard. Like, let's say you grew up in a family where your parents were arguing all the time. I mean, Valentine's Day, what's that going to trigger? Memories probably of your parents going at it, right? Like,
2: Yeah, but you could say that for any day. From a third person perspective, if you and your partner are finding difficulties on these days because you speak different love languages or whatever the case may be, then perhaps it's better that it's shining a light on things now instead of in our regular lifetime where we could use other excuses to distract ourselves from what the issues were. You know, oh, I'm busy with work, oh, I have to do this, oh, I'm tired. Now you can't really use any of those excuses And I I am sad for the fact that relationships are falling apart and people are having so many difficulties. But at the same time, maybe it's bringing forth to light issues that you've swept under the rug or ignored because you've let life get in the way. Now life is not in the way. Life is forcing you to deal with these things head on because you are stuck with this person 24 hours a day. There's no escape. There's no job. There's no friends. There's no running to the grocery store. It's just you and them. And if you don't genuinely like each other and communicate, then guess what? Your problems, you're not going to be able to ignore them anymore.
1: I don't disagree at so, all. I, I mean, I think, think about how much time you really spend with your significant other when you're working.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Not very much time. You spend more time with your work colleagues than you do your partner. 100%. And
0: suddenly to be around someone that supposedly is your life partner all the
1: time, I think a lot of people realized how little they are vibrating on the same frequencies, how little you actually know this person and
2: how little you have in common.
1: Yeah. And it, that's, you know, it's sad, but again, I think the people who are, who are taking this as an opportunity to grow together are the ones who are going to thrive and, and come out of this whole thing looking well. As is the ones who are clinging to how things were before that I think are inevitably going to crash and burn. And that's the thing. You have to be adaptable. The people who refuse to adapt are the people who get left
2: behind. Mm. And uh, it's, um, you know, it's, I think when we say these things, I think it's important to note that as much as both of us can preach about relationships and choice and mindset, it's still things that we struggle with and it's still difficulties that we've had in relationships. Like we're by no means adhering to every word that we say, but I think we both recognize the importance of communication and compromise in a relationship. That doesn't mean that it's easy. It's, it's so hard to adjust to someone else when you've had your entire life living a certain way, but you do no, your I best I mean, and you try. That's
1: why, that's why I'm consciously being single, because I want to work on myself so that when I do feel ready for relationship,
0: the issues that have come up in the past won't continue to be the ones that, that plague future relationships. Um, I mean,
1: it doesn't mean that I don't miss companionship, because I do... But what's the point? If I, if I continue to get end up in relationships where trauma bonds are defining the, the, the intensity of a connection, um, that's not really boding well for actual long-term potential. So, you know, out of the desire not to have children that grow up traumatized, I think it's important to work on my own traumas. So that's what I'm doing.
2: That's not to say um, that you could meet somebody where there aren't new obstacles that you're facing and whatnot. No, no, of course,
1: of course. But again, I think the more I work on myself, the better I'll be able to respond to these types of things and also, you know, uh, have better boundaries when it comes to relationships. I think that's an important thing. So, um, you know, and that's not to say
0: I've, every relationship has been bad, but there have definitely been some
1: patterns of things that I've noticed that um, can only be dealt with. When I work on myself, which is what I've been doing for the last year and a half, two years. So again, it's a conscious decision not to be serious with someone. It's 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 cool. Like it's it's not a bad thing. I think it's not not again. A lot of people are like it's it's okay to date casually without getting serious. You know, like that's that's a good thing. I think sometimes, and it is. that's just how I look at this. You know, not not I'm not always I don't always have to be in a relationship if I'm fucking. Is basically the best way of putting it.
2: But when you Um, are in a relationship, just having the openness to know that I'm going to have to adjust, I'm going to have to compromise, I think, two people that go into it with just that mindset that, of course, things aren't going to be perfect and happy all the time. We're going to go through. Through difficult days, we're going to make a choice to be in this together. We're going to make a choice to listen to each other, to communicate with each other. I think that is such a strong place for two mature adults to be in. That at least while I'm in this relationship, I'm going to do my best to put in the work as well, and to listen to you, and to compromise with you, and to communicate with you.
1: Right, and I think most people go in with that mentality. I I think a lot of people exit with a different mentality, and I think that's the important part is... Uh, inevitably issues from past traumas surface and traumatized people tend to seek out other traumatized people. We don't realize that, but that's what we do. I don't want to keep finding the same kinds of partners Mm -hmm. as much as I've grown and learned from these, these women I've dated. I'd like to meet someone who has, doesn't have baggage or, or is at least working on their baggage as much as I am. Mm Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. And I've dated far too many women, and I've been just as guilty of letting past traumas continue to have an impact on me now. And I don't want to be like that anymore, and I don't want to date anyone like that anymore. Again, as as great as the sex can be in these kinds of relationships, it's not worth it uh, long term. So that's just where I stand on it. I'm all for working on things, but. Some stuff can't be worked on if you're not working on yourself. So,
2: But, I mean, are you really going to meet someone who has no past baggage or traumas? Like
1: I didn't say that. I said people who are not working on themselves to deal with it, mm-hmm. which has been far too often the case in the relationships I've been in. Yeah. I want you to... Past trauma's fine. It, it builds character. It builds resilience. But if you're not dealing with these issues you have, and they keep surfacing every time you get emotional... And you can't even make that connection. Why the fuck are we together? Because all it means is I'm battling your demons and you're battling mine, right? We need, it's about coming to terms with these things and and working on them in order to have a healthy relationship. Of course, you can find love in someone who's, who's been broken. That's, that's totally normal. But if they're not working on healing those wounds, you're not going to find it.
2: Well, I think that's why probably a lot of relationships are crumbling during this time, because A lot of these issues, you know, you're having a problem, you're having an argument, and then the next day both of you have to go to work, then you have to take care of the kids, then you got to make dinner, then you got to pay the bills, and that issue that should have been dealt with, you let everything else in life get in the way. And just like you said before, how much time were couples actually spending together? Genuine, quality, growing together time versus just kind of living in this sort of rat race that we've been in. I mean, for me personally, like, yeah, of course the pandemic's been hard and there's been difficult days and there's been a lot of mental stresses, but the benefit of slowing down, the quiet, like the peace of mind, I've never experienced anything like this in my life. This is why I used to go on vacations by myself, sit in places by myself and just enjoy the silence. And, you know, now I've had a year of it and it's just, it's really nice. I
1: don't think everyone's looking at that with that perspective, so and
2: don't like I've had really rough days. I've had rough weeks, I have felt extremely lonely i've I've gone through my waves. it's you know probably in the last just like two or three months where I've embraced how much good this time has brought me where I can sleep better and eat better and take the time to do the things that just genuinely make me really, really happy, like really, really happy. Whereas before it would be a luxury to sit down with my favorite book or to, you know, rewatch like a classic Indian movie without thinking, oh my God, I have to go to work. Oh, I need to meal prep. Oh, I need to do laundry. I don't have those stresses at the moment because things have just slowed down so much.
1: You're living in the moment rather than living in the future for the future. So, but
2: also because I don't have to, right? Like it's,
1: but I I think you can always live in the moment. We choose not to we find reasons not to. And these are all at the end of the day, false reasons.
2: Mm, I don't, I don't know if I fully agree with that because time as a concept is not something that is always working in our favor. If it's a Sunday night, my anxiety about going to work, making sure i get up on time, food, clothes, traffic, weather, transportation, these are not all things i have control over. and you know, uh,
1: you control over nothing pretty much.
2: Well, i have complete control over it now.
1: <laughs> not really.
2: But- yeah, i do because if it's a sunday night, the weather being bad outside isn't going to affect me because i don't have to take transportation anywhere. I can take my time to make a delicious, healthy, fresh meal, and I can work at my own pace because my hours are no longer dictated by a clock. So it's not like I need to check in at eight and check out at four. I can start at nine and finish at five. I can start at noon and finish in the evening. I can take a three-hour lunch. It's, I'm not, I don't have the constraints of a clock. And to be honest, I don't really look at a clock anymore. And what's happening is I'm waking up naturally. I am eating consistently throughout the day and I'm getting all of my work done but just not according to a very scheduled stop and go plan. I'm not, you know, checking timetables for buses and trains because I don't really need to go anywhere. I'm not worried about dressing up to go to work because I'm, you know, I work from home usually so I can be in jeans and a t-shirt and there is a huge difference in choice and in time right now.
1: I don't know. I guess I never really stressed over things like schedules. So
2: did you not have to be uh, at your job at a specific time?
1: Yeah, but it wasn't something I stressed about.
2: You you've never worried about traffic or the weather making you late or things coming up no. in the morning that's going to delay you to no. get to work. No,
1: because it's an automatic control. If I'm late, I'm late, but don't stress about it.
2: Okay, can you lose your job if you're late?
1: No. As a doctor, you're pretty good.
2: Okay, so my job wasn't like that. You could lose your job if you were late. And, you know, I remember this one time where I was on a train and we got stuck in a tunnel. So not only did I not have a way to communicate with anybody, my anxiety levels were through the roof. And it's only happened once in the four years that I was at my last school. But every single time since then, whenever I had to go for certain meetings or certain conferences, it's always come up in my mind that, you know, I should leave half an hour early. I should be really careful to check certain schedules because I can't risk something like that happening again, where I'm not able to communicate where I am and what's going on. Because for us, time was time was really, really important. You could not be late for work ever.
1: Yeah. I mean, we can't, we're not supposed to be late, but the fabulous reason is fine. And again, I would, leave early to make sure it wouldn't happen. Um, But I'm also a firm believer that things are out of my control anyway. Why stress about them? As long as I'm doing my part in minimizing these things, that's all I can do.
2: Yes, but doing your part, it can also cause stress. You're telling me it's not normal for people to feel stressed out before going to work about getting there on time and having everything done right.
1: I think it's pointless to feel stressed over something you have no control over. I think it's, it's you're just... All you're doing is setting yourself up to suffer. Well... We have so little control over most things in life. Why are we stressing about them?
2: Because it's natural. It's natural That's to not, stress about it, schedules and transportation and
1: work. It's not con- We're conditioned to be like that. We're not born stressed. We're not born anxious creatures. Like, right.
2: but We are also not born having to so, work until so, we die. And we're also not born having to rely on others for getting places and doing things. This is it's,
1: like I said. These all these are all the learned behaviors and learned thinking patterns, and I think they're all bullshit. That's why I said they're not natural. So why why even engage in them?
2: We're because if are if we sit. never worried about time and getting to places on time and external forces that can affect us, then we would all just be kind of like la di da about things, and then clocks and checking That's in for totally stuff wouldn't true. matter.
1: That's totally not true.
2: If you if people weren't checking traffic. Um, for all the places that they go, like, I mean, every time we've had to go to an airport, checking the traffic was just a normal part of it because there's so many other factors in getting there on time so we can catch a flight. That's not something we can really screw up missing your flight because
1: you could just get there early. So you're good. I mean that's what most people do
2: right and even but even with getting there early, there's stress about making sure you have everything you have all the correct documentation. These aren't these aren't um, huge stresses but they're small triggers that are going to be a part of you getting there You're gonna double or triple check your passport, your ticket you're gonna want to weigh your suitcases like all those things cause stress. Uh,
1: I don't weigh my suitcase I just pay the cost more. It's not a big deal.
2: But that's not something other people can always do. That's not a luxury that they can just not care about those things.
1: Accordingly, take the time. But again, to stress about it, why?
2: Because if you're leaving for the airport and you realize your suitcase is overweight, what are you going to do? Just be nonchalant about it.
1: No, I would take the time prior to packing to make sure that I'm packing everything accordingly.
2: Right. And then you might have family members that want to add more stuff into it.
1: That's something I can control is how much I'm packing. What I can't control is me getting to the airport and it being over at that point. Why am I going to stress about it? It's done.
2: So you just don't stress about anything ever?
1: I try my best not to get stressed about things that are out of my hands, that I have no control over. Things I do control over, I do my best to manage them in a timely fashion so I don't feel stressed.
2: Well, even managing them in a timely fashion is going to make you work with a clock
1: which is fine working with a clock is a part of life that's something i can't control so why am i going to stress about it
2: well for the rest of the world working with a clock is part of life's stresses and
1: uh again i think you're missing what i'm trying to
2: say i'm not i i get what you're saying it's not in your control so don't stress about it but i'm what i'm telling you is for the rest of the world you can't just say don't stress about things that are affecting Pretty much every element of their working day, their jobs, their families, so much stuff is dependent on time. And in a pandemic where people are able to stay at home and that strictness of a clock has been removed, I think it's very healthy for people to be in this environment.
1: Well, I mean, that's the strictness of the clock. I mean, it's still there. It's just for you. You've chosen not to let it dictate you anymore.
2: But it's not necessarily our choice if we're in a job.
1: Well, there's plenty of people who are working from home. That means they're still on a clock.
2: Right. But for those people working at home, for a lot of them, they aren't having to step into an office or clock in or check in the same way that they would regularly. Like, I'm literally talking about sign in and sign out. If you're given so much work to do in a day, people who are working from home are often expected to do that work, but not necessarily... I need, you to, I need to see your computer turned on at this moment and turned off at this moment. They're given the same on. amount of work, but not necessarily the check-in, check-out system.
1: I think it just depends on the
2: job. Sure, but I'm... But the majority on. of people I know, it's completely different from when they worked in offices, in schools, in most public forms. If they're working from home, it's just not the same.
1: Ah, uh, I think it depends on the job.
2: Oh, well, I'm, I'm basing it on pretty much every single job with all of my friends that I know. It's not to the minute, whereas if they were in an office, they would have to be in by a certain time.
1: Oh, of course, but that's just the way it is. At the end of the day, I think businesses are realizing you just get the work done and it doesn't fucking matter after that.
2: Well, schools are not going to be following that protocol. All schools are retarded. Okay. <laughs> well, it's nice to not have to be in a school by a certain time because man i did some mad hundred meter dashes to get to that building in time
1: well if if you left 10 minutes earlier you would have been
2: fine yeah there's things that would always happen sometimes i would leave 10 20 30 minutes earlier and then a train was cancelled or the buses are gridlocked like there's there are lots of factors that could make me late and it didn't matter what the external factor was it would come down to me and i could lose my job over it well i feel for you at the same
1: time i think you and i are talking at two different understandings of stress and time so
2: no your thing would still be the same that if a train broke down and you couldn't get to work you can't stress about it because the train is out of your control whereas for me i would be having like a panic attack in that time because i know my work's not going to care that the train something happened to it
1: so if you know that you're going to be fired no matter what why are you stressing? why not focus on a solution? Exactly.
2: I can't just, (laughs) teaching isn't exactly a career that you can just jump into one to the other. It's not like, oh, okay, I lost my job. I'll just like wake up tomorrow and get another one. It's not that simple.
1: I'm not saying it's that simple. I'm just saying all that energy you're you're spending, panicking, is energy that could be used towards finding a solution.
2: A hundred percent. But what I'm saying is that there are small stresses that are also a part of life.
1: I did not disagree with that. I'm just saying I think that you and I take a very different view on on stress what's what's worth stressing about and what isn't.
2: Oh yeah, I'm definitely way more of a stressor than you are.
1: Yeah, that's an understatement.
2: (laughs) Well, the good news is that Valentine's Day did not stress me out this year, and instead I had a wonderful day with friends, and everyone was very happy. And the brownies and I were didn't delicious.
1: Valentine's Day existed this year, so that's the difference between the two.
2: Well, if you were here or close by, I would have gotten you a chocolate heart too.
1: Well, I'm not trying to get diabetes, Madam, and I know you're trying to make me fast, <laughs> so uh, I'm gonna have to politely decline your offers at obesity. And chocolate here rest-
2: is so good, though. Have you ever had a Terry's chocolate orange?
1: I have. They're amazing.
2: Do you, you guys don't have, have them? Do you?
1: We have them in Canada, yeah,
2: but not in the states.
1: Not in the States, I've no. just... had them when I was in Canada.
2: So. Oh, okay, it's such a shame because there's certain chocolates and stuff like there's certain Canadian chocolates that you can't get here, and I'm always just like, Why? I don't understand. Like, I know like they would Mr. be popular, big,
1: like Mr. Big, like O Henry,
2: Mr. Big, and um, O Henry, especially. I think they would be they had they would have coffee, a huge market coffee here.
1: Crisp, coffee Crisp, um, my, must... what's big in the UK? Was it Heath?
2: It's all the Cadbury ones are quite big here.
1: Yeah, um, flake, Cadbury flake is huge. Yeah,
2: I really food. don't like that.
1: You don't like flake?
2: No, because I think it's just a bit overdone. They always put it in ice cream and stuff, so I'm just not a huge fan. Yeah,
1: when I was at the University of North Umbria, they would always put it in the hot chocolate, which I thought was actually amazing. <laughs> they would actually put like a flake bar yeah. in it.
2: Yeah, they do it know? with ice cream here always. Well, and it, it I mean, me, it's you know? cute because they're like... They're 99 p cones, and they always put a flake inside of it. So I know they're really popular with kids, but I just think there's such a market here for Canadian chocolate and, you know, things like maple syrup cookies and candies. I just I don't understand why they're not sold here.
1: Uh, I think it's uh, just distribution, licensing, things like that. Like, you
2: know, like the one thing I hate about the States is like no ketchup chips, no all-dressed. Mm, ketchup uh, chips. Yeah, and, and the Canadian uh, like chocolates
1: I like aren't there. Yeah. Uh, so it sucks. Like as much as I love like Lay's barbecue, I want ketchup.
2: Like, it's not the same. I know.
1: When I, I explain ketchup chips to Americans. They're like, "What? <laughs> it's such a foreign idea." And for me, it's like, "How the fuck could you not have that?"
2: Yeah, it's crazy. And, the and last time, problems. the last time I got a I'll care package them. from home, my brothers <laughs> sent Smart Food popcorn. Mm. Oh, my God. I think I ate it in, like, two days, and they sent me, like, you know, several bags, but they were just so good.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's there's just things that are just so, so, like, nostalgic and, like, heartwarming when you think about Canada. Um, You know, in the States, we have, like, way more shit, but it's just not the same. It's not
2: the same. I'd say probably my favorite, I mean out of all kind of like the treats and stuff. And again, this is nostalgia growing up. McCain deep and delicious cake.
1: Yeah, the chocolate cake.
2: Oh my God. I mean, just thinking about it, my mouth will start salivating because, you know, (laughs) you know the containers, those plastic containers. I remember sneaking down at night and trying to like get into the fridge to like cut like a tiny sliver so no one could tell I had any. And those damn containers used to make so much noise.
1: What, what was the restaurant that always had McCain cake as part of its takeout?
2: Swiss Chalet. Yeah, it was Swiss Yeah.
1: It was a Toledo bar or a McCain Deep and Delicious Chocolate cake? Uh,
2: I, I, whenever I go home, it's probably. I mean, I have a list of things that I want ginger ale, ketchup chips, some Tim Hortons on the way back from the airport. But McCain cake is very high on my list. And breakfast, oh, lunch, and dinner.
1: Remember, <laughs> remember McCain's fries, the commercial with that little kid?
2: Yep. The crinkly fries.
1: Okay, why did that idiot kid use the ketchup bottle for each individual fry? Yeah, I
2: do, I do, because the fries were so good, and you wanted each fry to have the right amount of ketchup.
1: No, I need a glob of ketchup. That kid annoyed me. (laughs) You know they don't have... Now we would have to have words about his ketchup technique.
2: They don't have crinkly fries in the UK. No, they don't. It's really sad. You
1: can get them in the States at like Portillo's at um
2: there's another place that has them crinkly cut fries i'm not a fan of them oh my god i'm such a fan i swear they taste better
1: they're almost always undercooked though anywhere i've I've
2: had them we used to make them at home usually we'd get the mccain pack and make them at home
1: yeah i mean it's like i I anticipate
2: them to be crispy right and they're
1: not so anytime i get them at portillo's which is like a
2: chicago hot dog place basically okay
1: they're not they were always soggy and i was like fuck like how, how do you how do you not make crispy fries if you're deep frying them like yeah, it's seriously. a simple fucking thing <laughs> um and, but they were always undercooked and i don't know if it was because they had a timer that's probably what it was well
2: like, they do that with like, bacon here too it's never crispy it's just like thick slabs of meat it's nasty it's so nasty like, how they do bacon it's here
1: more, it's like if you get like a bacon cheeseburger somewhere it's well, the bacon is almost always like still pink, and I'm like, ew, oh, crisp. like you know why? Because I'm used to like Harvey's bacon cheeseburgers, for example. Yeah. And they're all they all, they cook
2: it on a grill, right? So strips it's... of crispy bacon.
1: Yeah, that that would be one of the things I want is Harvey's.
2: Well, next Valentine's Day, I'll send you to Harvey's. Or I as you
1: can tell by our conversation, we are both fat.
2: So. <laughs> <laughs> we do like some good food, and yep. yeah maybe that's why i have a special love for valentine's day good food and on that note this has been the encyclopedia of dating until next time of
1: eating.
0: as humans we're naturally driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed when i was looking to hire someone it was so slow and overwhelming
1: 18 plus.